So happy Thanksgiving slash Merry Christmas. It's kind of an in-between Sunday. It's already December. Uh, It's officially that time of year, okay, if you guys haven't gotten that. Uh, It's December. It's snowed. Um, The weather is freezing outside. It's supposed to snow this week. The radio stations are playing Christmas songs for the last, well, some of them for the last two or three weeks. Uh, And and another Black Friday is under our belts, okay? Uh, I kind of got caught up in a media frenzy yesterday looking for Black Friday news articles. And I started coming across a bunch of videos of all these fights breaking out. Okay, and I don't know if you guys have, have heard about this. There was something that happened in the Jordan Creek Mall in West Des Moines where apparently um, three women were fighting over a television, and they got it on video. And, uh, and, then, and then another time, these, another pair, there's two other women that were fighting over towels. That was in, I think, Nashville, Tennessee. I don't know. It's just very special towels, apparently. Um uh, so, and then, and then I, I saw this one video where this guy actually, they're like fighting, bickering, and all of a sudden they start going after each other because they wanted like, I think a tablet or something. And then all of a sudden you see all these policemen jump on him and then one person starts getting tased. And it was, it was very horrific, okay? I'm, I'm saying be cautious if you go and look at these videos because it was, actually it was very uh, depressing, okay? Because I have done the Black Friday thing, maybe you have as well, maybe you did on Black Friday. Um, and it, it has been fun. It's also a little scary. And you think to yourself, are we really this? Are we really like this? Man, it, it kind of makes you a little depressed about it. Uh, but but the, the, the season is officially here. Black Friday is here and gone. Uh, and I want to start today actually by, by taking uh, the name is of the message, The Trap of Christmas. kind of wanted to trap you into listening. Uh, but I, I, the unscientific poll that I'm talking about is I, I want to do a quick poll with you where we're going to raise our hands. Uh, and in this unscientific poll, what I need you to do is I, I don't want you to give me the correct answer. I want you to give me the real answer. Okay? Can, can we do that? Uh, I, I don't know if we can. Once again, I don't want, I, I mean, if, especially church folk, if you grow up in the church at all, uh, I'm sure you all know the correct answer. You know the right answer. That would be it. Uh, you all know the correct answer, but but I want to know the real answer, okay? Because if we can't be real with each other, we can't be uh, real with one another, I, we're going to just stay in the same place. So let's be real with one another. Okay, so the first question, okay? How many of you, if you're real, being real with me, how many of you would say that maybe deep in your heart, or maybe not even your heart, maybe just in your heart, uh, maybe right in your heart, you believe that if your schedule wasn't so busy or if your life wasn't so hectic, if someone could slow things down and create more space, that you would be more content than what you are right now. Anybody? Huh? Yeah? If life wasn't so crazy, yeah, be a little more content. Okay, hands down. Okay, maybe it's not the busyness. Maybe it's not busyness. Maybe it's, let's say you, uh, you have a relationship that is fractured or a relationship, uh, a friendship that doesn't have the, the spark, the heat, if you will, um, that it once did. Maybe you're in a situation that you're just kind of lonely or feel alone. Uh, that doesn't mean that you're not around people, uh, but you feel alone. And in your heart, 
you just be- believe that if this relationship was made right, uh, or some of you who are single, if you just had one, uh, that you would feel more content. Anybody? People are a little afraid to raise their hands on that one. <laughs> All right, we'll do easy ones. We'll do easy ones. Okay, uh, how many of you believe that if you would, you would be more content if you just had a different job? Anyone? If your boss is sitting next to you, don't raise your hand, yo. Okay. Okay. So, okay, different job. All right. Uh, how about this one? Let's be real on this one. How about money? How many of you... Okay, Jason, I haven't asked a question yet. Uh, how many of you feel... <laughs> how many of you feel like you would just be more content if you had a little bit more coin, a little bit more money? We just had some more money, had a little bit more... Uh, change, we'd be more content. Anyone? Yeah? All right, and how many of you, uh, how about this one? Uh, how many of you feel like, and I think this is kind of a biblical standard here, how many feel like uh, it, you would be more content if you had less stuff? If you had less stuff, didn't have as much to manage, uh, you would be more content. Anyone? Yeah? Okay, how many of you uh, would be more content if I just stopped asking these questions? Everyone. Okay, great. <laughs> so we're going to move on. All right, first of all, I really want to just, just get across this, this whole thing that I believe that you and I, in our culture, and let me just read this, is that you and I have been dis- discipled by our culture in discontentment. You and I have been discipled by our culture in, in discontentment. And we're experts in being discontent. We're experts in it. They say that you can figure out what a person or a people value based on what they celebrate. Uh, if you want to know what is really going on in the hearts of people, what's really going on in, in the group, uh, what's going on in general, then watch what they celebrate, what they value, what they take much of, what they applaud. Hopefully here at Great Adventure we celebrate and live in a way that Christ is magnified, uh, that he is held above all else, that he is our hope, uh, so that people can look uh, at us and see uh, Christ. And we're doing this by seeing and savoring Christ as well. Savoring Christ as Lord. Uh, Now that's what we celebrate every Sunday, every time we come together, hopefully that's what we're celebrating. That, that, that's hopefully what we're, we're, that's going on. But what about our culture in this world? Uh, what is the Mount Everest of holidays? It's, it's got to be Christmas it's in our Western culture. And I would even include Thanksgiving in that. We just had Thanksgiving, but it's just this whole season. And, and it all kind of runs together. There's nothing like the season. No, no other holiday block uh, really builds up to this. No other holiday comes close. Uh, there's a tangible shift. There's this feel. People started prepping for this uh, long ago. And, and guess what? It's getting earlier. Okay? Uh, you have the whole radio stations that they start broadcasting, like I said, uh, before Thanksgiving all the way through the first of the year, and maybe sometimes longer. Uh, You'll be pummeled by a billion ads for here on out. Uh, You have holiday in the park, 
uh, tinsels and trees. Uh, you have cards, carols, school programs, work parties. You just get pummeled by all these things that emphasize a particular message. A particular message. Uh, Why don't you guys, uh, we're going to get there in a little bit, turn to Ecclesiastes 3. And I know you're thinking, Christmas, Ecclesiastes 3, Jess? Uh, Yeah, we're going to go there. And and while you're turning there, I I just want to tell you that uh, I I love Christmas. Last night, uh, me and Kevin went out and we got Christmas trees for our families. Uh, We came back and uh, had supper together. We got our Christmas tree up, then we had uh, supper together. And uh, it was a good time. And while we're uh, while we're eating supper, I mean, we got the Christmas carols are playing in the background and everything. Uh, and, and let me just say that uh, I really do love this this season, especially my wife's birthday is the 24th, uh, so Christmas Eve. Um, so it's a fun fun time. I know a lot of birthdays are, are during this time, uh, but let me just say that I can't even explain to you how much Kevin Larson loves Christmas, okay? I mean, last week we were watching football together, and he started talking about putting up his lights last Saturday, wasn't it? A full week before Thanksgiving. And he's putting them up that night, and he starts, and he's just like giddy, like, I'm putting up the Christmas He just starts, like, smiling, and he can't stop. And just talk to him sometime about Christmas. He just doesn't stop. He's just so excited about this. He's so excited, I think later today he's going to come over and hang up Christmas lights at our house. Isn't that right? Yeah, he's given us a bunch of Christmas lights. He says he, he might hang him up for us. But, um, but he loves the Christmas season, and, and, and so do I. Uh, but, but I almost want to point to this, that our culture in this period of time, uh, there are some spiritual dynamics, um, spiritual dynamics in uh, this Christmas season. Uh, and, and I don't think that we spot it. I don't think that we, we see it that clearly. You get pummeled by these things, uh, and they emphasize a particular message. Now, now let me give you uh, the core scheme, the soul-level message uh, behind Christmas, okay? Okay, I'm going to give it to you. Uh, the, the main level, uh, I'm not going to, it's simple. Uh, I'm going to flesh it out for you. Are you guys ready? You guys ready? Here's what it's all about. Your life stinks. Merry Christmas. Your life stinks. Merry Christmas. That's what we are showed. That's what we are pummeled with every single Christmas season. And some people think, what? What do you, (laughs) Jess, I'm I'm not really getting what you're talking about here. And uh, have no fear, though. Never fear. Even though your life stinks, never fear. The Christmas season is here, and because this season, it's going to solve all your problems. You're lacking. You know you're lacking. Uh, you know that you're missing out on life. But praise God Almighty, the season is here. The season is magical, and we're going to get out our missing, uh, uh, get out all of our stuff. We're going to families are going to come together. Uh, there's going to be joy and harmony and holly. And and uh, and guess what? We're we're going to enjoy this. Our lives are going to make sense. The purpose we seek, uh, the hope, uh, we will finally have fulfilled. And 
and I know some of you are like, I, I don't really get this. But marketing, the marketing program is just is perfect with this. They, they, all they do is just focus on what you don't have. And, and we just kind of give into it. And what we don't have, and, and, and uh, it's brilliant. I actually think that uh, some people that have been trained in marketing probably know, well, I, I, I guess they probably know the human condition better than most, most pastors and teachers that I know. And they prey on it. They prey on it. And we're going to get into that. If we approach this season and get swept away uh, up in the, we know what you need, and here's what it is. If we get swept away in that, we fall into this trap of Christmas. It's not always stuff. Sometimes that's, that's just an idea. It's not always stuff. It could be gifts, decorations, family, songs, movies, okay? Uh, all these great things. You know, I, I know that we watch uh, It's a Beautiful Life, you know? Or no, what is it, Kels? I don't even know it because I don't like the movie. What is it? It's a Wonderful Life, okay? I've watched that thing probably three or four times since we've been married for four years. And we watch it around every Christmas. And it's fun and all, but I'm like, okay, seriously? I don't like this, okay? I'm sorry. I know, I'm not going to get my wings. It's okay. We're all right. So, I mean, it's not, but I'm trying to say it's, it's not about these things. These things are great. These things are great things. Uh, they're great things. Uh, I think you should enjoy all of it. Uh, I just don't want you to get caught up in the things that aren't true and buy into this, these lies that will leave you frustrated and, and discontent and disappointed rather than reinvigorating your hope and what actually matters, and what is uh, um, what is actually important during this season. So in Ecclesiastes 3, turn there, we're going to look uh, at verse 11. Ecclesiastes 3. I should probably get there first. So. Ecclesiastes 3.11. And before I actually... Uh, get in Ecclesiastes 3. We're going to look at uh, um, uh, a verse right before that. It comes from Genesis 1.27. A lot of you know it. Uh, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Now, God, he's creating this universe. Uh, He creates you and me according to the scriptures in the image of God. In another text in Genesis 2, uh, it says, Let us make man in our own image. What sets you and me apart from the rest of creation is not our thumbs and our conscience, okay? It's that we were made in the image of God. Although the rest of creation, they declare the glories of God, uh, as mankind, we have a unique and more brilliant reflection uh, of the glory of God. More, more important than anything uh, in all creation. Uh, we have been made in the image of God as God made us in his image uh, and, and then we're going to read verse 11 here uh, of, uh, of Ecclesiastes 3. 
And it says, And he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. And uh, we're, we're going to spend a lot of time in that little phrase there. Not that he has made everything beautiful in its time. I mean, that that is its own, I believe, sermon in and of itself. Uh, I'm talking about... Uh, I'm talking about that he has put eternity into our hearts uh, so that you um, and I, from birth, we came out of, of a chasm, this hollow place. We came out with, this, with a chasm, a gap of eternity. We came out with this gap of eternity. Uh, if you have a background in church, uh, you've heard it said that maybe something that, uh, like this, that we have this uh, hole in man's heart that only God can fill. We have this box-shaped hole in our, um, that, that only God can fill. And, uh, and, and I think that that really goes from this whole gap of eternity thing. Uh, he has put eternity into man's heart. We all have that gap of eternity. And, and when I say that, I mean that we all have this longing to know more. We all have this longing to know what, what, what we're here for. Uh, a huge longing for it. Unfortunately for you and me, we will seek to fill the gap of eternity with uh, what is temporary. And what is temporary um, will never fill the gap of eternity. Now here's the crazy thing about filling that gap of eternity. Uh, The crazy thing is that it it, kind of works. Those temporary stuff, it works for a season, uh, doesn't it? Uh, here are the high water marks in uh, my life. Um, they're beautiful. Uh, the thing that is the temporary things, temporary things, although they can be good, they are like uh, a contaminated gasoline in an engine. Um, maybe when you bought a house, you bought a car, a relationship or a marriage, children, uh, job or a promotion. These things are high water marks in our life, and, and they're good things. They can be very good things. Uh, but all they are is this... Uh, they're common grace, I would say. They're beautiful things, but what I'm saying is, is that they never last. Never. Uh, we had a family member, uh, me and Kelsey's family, that... Uh, Kind of had his, uh, to be honest, he, he kind of has a, a had a great life or has a great life, um, and he had a, a gorgeous wife. Uh, she's awesome, very kind, very uh, generous. I believe a very godly wife. Um, he has uh, four great children, really fun to be around. Uh, he's got a uh, a very good job. He's making over six figures. Uh, around oh, six figures, and um, has his own barn. Like they have a barn house, they have uh, horses, they have kind of a ranch kind of stuff. And to be honest, I look at that and I'm like, man, that's 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 pretty cool. That's awesome. About two or three years ago, um, his wife found him uh, trying to kill himself, and he said to her, you know, I just feel like that there's something missing in my life. 
There's something missing. And we can all look at that and say, well, yeah, we know what it is. Of course, it's God. Uh, And it's true. But he's filling this gap of eternity with all these things. And technically, he had a lot of stuff going right for him. But that stuff is temporary. It doesn't last. It doesn't last. Uh, You don't have to be a Christian, even if you consider yourself to be an atheist or or a secular humanist. Uh, you would have to um, have a hard time arguing that mankind doesn't perpetually push his hope uh, toward, uh, hope forward. Uh, because we hope, and then if we get it, we're still not satisfied. We might be satisfied for a, for a short time, but we're still not all the way satisfied. Uh, when we were kids, we just wanted to, uh, we wanted a little bit more freedom, right? Uh, we wanted freedom from our mom and dad, and then mom and dad gave us that freedom. And then after they gave us that freedom, we just wanted a car. And then when we got that car, we just wanted to uh, get out of high school. And then when we we got out of high school, we just wanted to get into the right college. When we got out of the right college, we just wanted to uh, uh, find the one. When we found the one, we just wanted to get out of college. Uh, And then when we got out of college, we wanted to find the job. Then we wanted to find the house. Then we wanted to find uh, another car. And and, uh, at every turn we got to... Uh, at least in my life, every turn that I've gotten to those that stage, uh, children would be another one. Every time I've gotten to that stage, um, I turn around and, and uh, I found out that uh, that was great when it happened, um, but it just it, it wasn't it didn't fill that gap of eternity that I'm talking about. It was great when we got that promotion, right? It was great when we got that first car, when we rolled up the windows trying to keep the new car smell in, you know. Uh, that was really fun times. Uh, but even if you get there and you get it, uh, it'll be a great month, it'll be a great year, it'll be a great uh, few years, uh, but you'll, you'll grow bored. You'll grow bored eventually. Because that's what temporary, uh, that's what temporary cannot fill. It cannot fill that gap of eternity. When I look at Ecclesiastes 3.11 and, um, and it says that he has put eternity into our hearts, uh, that to me is that obviously this gap of eternity that we continue to fill, and he gives us the answer. He gives the answer. It's, it's Christ. It's Christ here. Uh, my wedding day was a high water mark for me. Uh, it was easy on my wedding day. I'll be honest. It was easy to be happy. I had a beautiful wife. Um, my best friend, uh, all my family was there, and it was easy to be happy on that day. Maybe it wasn't easy for some of you, <laughs> but uh, it was easy for me. And uh, I love Kelsey, and uh, she is my best friend. And but but I'll be honest. But after our wedding day, that gave way to a delightful, disciplined work. Okay. A delightful, disciplined work. That although this wedding day was phenomenal, uh, we still have to, uh, there's still so much that we have to do um, to, make it, uh, to make it what it should be. There's a disciplined um, uh, work that goes on there. Now, the ease of the wedding day, joy gives way to the delightful work of maintaining what is healthy and robust in regard to marriage. Um, 
And and on this, uh, no house, no car, no clothes, no relationships uh, are going to fill this gap, uh, as we've talked about. Because all things are are temporary, they're not eternal. What happens to us is we shove sand into that engine, uh, and it starts to sputter a little bit. And then we we start realizing that we're going down, so we look around and we see what someone else has, and we we take that, and we uh, and then we go for a little bit more. Uh, again, uh, marketers know this, and they start to play on this wound in your soul, uh, on this gap in your soul. Ecclesiastes three, I'm talking about that. And and our culture says this: you want to be satisfied, this is what you need. You want to be satisfied, this is what you need. You want your life to be happy in this season? You need lights. You need snow. You need a scarf. You need a Lexus. You know? I think I saw that commercial, uh, uh, a car wrapped in a bow, on Halloween night. I was like, whoa. That's early. Uh, But this is a perpetual lie that that you and I are fed. And hear me, it, it works for two reasons. This lie works. It works for this. Because we have the whole of eternity in our hearts. That's why it works. It also works because we believe that there's more. We believe there's more out there than God. And we're hungry for it. We're forced to look around and go, okay, that makes them happy. Uh, I'll take that. And now we've entered into this this act of, of covetousness. We begin to covet the lives of others. We begin to covet the stuff of others. And coveting works its way downhill very, very quickly. Coveting, when all is said and done, is, is an accusation against God that he doesn't care about you. He doesn't provide for you or give you uh, what you need. Uh, when people read the New Testament, uh, at least when I do, I, I, I look at it and I think to myself, well, at least I used to think, well, you know, what's the matter with saying a white lie? What's the matter with looking at other person's stuff and saying, hey, I kind of like that. I, I wouldn't mind having something like that someday. What's the matter with that? Uh, and the reason that is, is bad is because, because under all of, of uh, those commandments, there's an accusation against God's provision uh, in goodness. Uh, covenant in particular uh, kind of says that uh, you don't love me, you don't provide for me, you don't care for me like you do these other people. That's what coveting uh, says to God. I deserve more than what you're giving me, is what we're saying. When coveting takes root, uh, coveting leads to uh, envy, envy to jealousy, jealousy to rage, and so on. Uh, the writer of book of Ecclesiastes says that, uh, that, uh, that the eye is always being but never full. The ear is always hearing and never satisfied. Now this is the idea that you'll always want more. You'll always uh, be chasing. You'll always be like that dog chasing his tail. And once you catch it, you think, what do I do now? Uh, And into this madness, into this madness that that we're talking about, a child is born. That's why I've spent so much time on this gap of eternity. Into this madness, a child is born. Into this madness, a son is born is given and the government will be upon his shoulders child and Christ is born the divine invasion begins 
Jesus is going to solve this problem, and not only eternity, but also going to solve the problem of what we do with stuff. Uh, there's a, great, uh, a good quote from C.S. Lewis. And, um, and if you guys don't know, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming most of you know C.S. Lewis. Uh, he wrote Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, and I believe this, this quote comes from, uh, comes from Mere Christianity. And uh, C.S. Lewis says, If I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy... The only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. That I was made for another world. Ephesians 2.19 uh, says this, So, and I'm sure a lot of you know it. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Later on also, uh, uh, it talks about that, that we have to put on, I believe it's in Galatians, where we have to put on this new self, right? Um, and the old self is gone. The new self is here. It's saying that our citizenship is no longer on earth. It is in heaven. And C.S. Lewis in this, in this line says that if I find that, uh, and the reason he's saying this is because uh, this kind of points to uh, empiricism. Empiricism is a philo- uh, philosophical uh, school of thought that you'll hear uh, quite a bit in the culture. It says knowledge, true knowledge, truth, uh, can only be experienced through the five senses. Okay, uh, So if you can't see it, you can't touch it, you can't hear it, you can't smell it, uh, you can't taste it, it simply doesn't exist. Okay, um, By and large, uh, you begin to, to talk um, about God with other people. This happened to me even a few weeks ago. Talking to other people about God, and, and there's always that person that says, "Well, you show me God, and I'll believe Him." Right? That's empiricism. And C.S. Lewis's point uh, to this empiricism is that uh, if I find myself uh, desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, so if if I can't, if those senses, my taste, uh, feel it, see it, hear it, uh, smell it. If those don't satisfy me, there's something else out there. There must be some. I'm not meant for this world. And that's what Ephesians 2.19 pushes. That we are no longer citizens of this earth. We are citizens of uh, a heavenly realm that is waiting for us. Uh, John 1.1. I know a lot of you know this one. Uh, John 1.1, 1, 1, we've gone over John uh, a lot, and it's a tremendous passage. Uh, but John 1.1 1, 1 says, uh, just help me, what does it say? In the beginning was the Word. And the word, word is capitalized right there. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was, uh, he was in the beginning with God, all things were made through him and without... Uh, sorry, i got to bring it up here because it's a little small. Uh, and without him was not anything made uh, that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, this, is, this isn't just life. This isn't just like our life. This is like life with a capital L kind of life. Okay? Uh, in him was life, and the life was uh, the light 
um, was a light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Uh, Colossians 127. Let's go to that one uh, as well. Colossians 127. Colossians 127. To them God chose to make known how great among Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Christ in us. Christ in us. That's what we need to be celebrating. What I want to press you into uh, over and over is the real celebration here. Uh, It's it's Christ, the God-man. He has come, and he's coming again. The real celebration here isn't winter solstice. It's not that the weather has changed. Uh, It's not that we get to put on sweaters and uh, wear scarves. Uh, It's not that we get to buy a bunch of toys and get a bunch of toys, even though I really like that part. it's that's not it. Uh, I want to enjoy all that, and you guys can enjoy all that. It should be fun, but don't get caught up in forgetting what this is all about. What this is all about. Uh, my parents, um, uh, at a young age, my parents started this tradition as uh, kind, kind of an um, kind of an Advent, I guess, and uh, we we would have some scripture readings. But with this, uh, with this Advent, we, we actually had a birthday party for Jesus. Okay? And, uh, and it was only a day. It was only, uh, I believe we did it on Christmas Eve. Uh, my mom would make a cake, and she would usually write Jesus on it or something. You know, happy birthday, Jesus. You know? And, uh, and we did that at a young age. And I still remember, like, uh, we all kind of looked around. Who's going to blow out the candles kind of thing, you know? Uh, but, you know, we had this birthday cake for Jesus. And I know that's kind of a little corny, and maybe that's a little weird, but it got the point across that, that we did that before we opened gifts. That wasn't the important thing, opening these gifts and getting all these things. That wasn't the important thing. The important thing is we're celebrating Christ, God-man, coming to earth to, remember, eventually he, to die for our sins so that we can one day be with him in glory. That was the goal. And that's what the Advent is. If you guys didn't know, this is the first day of the Advent. Um, the first day here. Advent meaning uh, is translated into coming. The coming that we're, we're expecting, we're, we're waiting for Jesus to come back. Uh, not only are we celebrating his birth, but we're also long awaiting for the coming of uh, when he comes back. He's going to come back different too. Uh, you first saw him in a babe in a manger. Uh, when he comes back, he's going to be on a cloud with a sword, a tattoo on his thigh. I mean, he's going to be fierce. You know, this isn't the Philippians 2 emptying himself, Jesus. This is his fullness. He finally gets to be the fullness right there. Instead of that emptied version that we see in Philippians 2, that's the fullness of, of Christ coming back for us. 
And that's going to be a glorious day. And that's what Advent is about. It means coming, season of waiting, expecting, and hoping. It helps us prepare for the coming of Christ, uh, the child of Christmas, and also the second coming of Christ. Uh, That's why we can't get swept up in the lie. We can't get swept up uh, in this trap of Christmas. It it can be all about glad tidings, peace on earth, goodwill, you know, yeah. But what we need to get caught up in is the fact that God, in his great love for us, did not abandon us. He did not abandon us in our gap of eternity that we have. He didn't abandon us. Instead, he invaded. He fills that gap and now uh, reorders all around us in such a way that all of our rejoicing uh, should be that Christ has come, that Christ has come, and that he is coming again. And that's what we can celebrate this season. Not the gifts, not Santa, not, uh, not even family time, you know, or traditions. Those things are great. But that's not what we're really here to celebrate. The Christ has come and he's coming again. Uh, John Piper has uh, actually a book he came out with uh, a couple weeks ago, I'm pretty sure. And it's about the Advent. It actually is a devotional book um, that goes through uh, from December 1st, which is today, until December 25th. And it has daily scripture readings and also a little bit of a snippet of a challenge and encouragement. And I actually want to encourage us, uh, us all to, to uh, it's called Good News of Great Joy. Uh, this is a devotional book by, uh, obviously by John Piper. It is free online. Okay? And if you're thinking, I don't, listen, online, it's just, I don't want to get on my computer. Okay, it's free on your Kindle. Okay? Uh, it's also free on your ebook. And I believe iPad as well. There's a free download, PDF, okay? And I have it, and what we're going to do is we're going to put it on the website as well um, uh, later today. And that way you guys can actually uh, do this. Because it's, it's one thing to say, yeah, we want to celebrate Christ, but, but, uh, but he really does a great job. And even the first, I mean, we're actually going to read December 1st today. I'm going to read it um, at, um, in conclusion here. Uh, that's what we're going to read to conclude the message. Uh, so let me just read it. And, and once again, a great thing uh, here. And uh, it's free, obviously. It's a free download. John Piper, uh, I know a lot of you know him. He's a very respectable uh, man of God. And I've already read kind of through the first week or two. And, and I'm encouraged. Me and Kelsey are going to be reading through it uh, this Christmas season, going through day by day. And, and it seriously takes two to three minutes, two to three minutes each one, okay? And But it really does encapsulate that that Advent, you know, that, that we, because that, Advent is to Christmas just like Lent is to Easter. And we need to start preparing for that. That we can't just, when the, the 24th and the 25th comes around, this isn't some 24-hour spree where we celebrate Christ. This needs to be a, a, a month-long thing, actually more than that. But that's why the Advent is there. That's why we have it. Uh, That's why it actually, I believe, started. Um, So let me just read it. Uh, December 1st, it's called Prepare the Way. I believe it it really encapsulates, like I said, uh, really kind of getting ready for this Christmas season, making sure that you're not falling into the trap 
that Christmas sometimes makes us fall into, especially myself, fall into this. It's called prepare the way. It says, he will turn many, uh, in Luke 1, 16 through 17, it says, he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He's talking about John the Baptist here. Uh, he will turn many other children uh, of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. What John the Baptist did for Israel, uh, Advent can do for us. Don't let Christmas find you unprepared. I mean spiritually unprepared. It's joy and impact will be so much greater uh, if you're ready. That you might be prepared. First, meditate on the fact that we need a Savior. Meditate on the fact that we need a Savior. Christ, uh, Christmas is an, uh, is an indictment before it became, becomes a delight. It will not have its intended effect until we feel desperately the need for a Savior. Let these short Advent meditations uh, help awaken in your bittersweet sense of need for the Savior. Second, engage in sober self-examination. Advent is to Christmas what Lent is to Easter, just like I just said. I got it from him, obviously. Uh, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. And know my thoughts and see if there are any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's from Psalm 139, 23 through 24. Let every heart prepare him room. Third, build God-centered anticipation and expectancy and excitement into your home, especially for the children. If you are excited about Christ... They will be too. If you only make Christmas exciting with material things, how will the children get a thirst for God? Bend the efforts of your imagination to make the wonder of the king's arrival visible for the children. And fourth, be in the scriptures and memorize the great passages. Jeremiah twenty three twenty nine. It's not my word, uh, is not my word like fire, says the Lord. Gather round. That fire, this Advent season, it is warm. It is sparkling with colors of grace. It is healing for a thousand hurts. It is light for dark nights. And I know that some people are actually going through uh, the Ann Voskamp uh, Advent devotional. That's great. Do something. This is the time. It starts today. Advent starts today. And I just did your work for you, by the way. So you have until tomorrow. Uh, to start with the December 2nd one. So um, let me just close with this. We, we need to be ready for this season. These devotionals, uh, they're easy, short. Like I said, just two to three minutes. Uh, they help us remember that we can't get caught up in the lie of the holiday season, but instead our gap of eternity can only be fully filled by Jesus Christ. You might know these... Uh, these lyrics, Come thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in what? In thee. Let us find our rest in thee.
Let's pray. Lord, as we remember you this Christmas season, as we transfer the seasons, as we uh, remember you, Lord, I pray that that, it, it, that uh, although um, there are some exciting things that are going on right now, uh, but Lord, may that not simply just fill that gap of eternity and give us temporary satisfaction. I pray that we can put you in that gap because it is you and you alone that can fill it fully. Lord, help us. Help us with with, uh, uh, our gratitude, with our thankfulness, that, Lord, we can look to you and we can know that you are true, you are right, you are powerful, and you are almighty God. And as we look um, to your name, we look to this, uh, the devotionals, as we look to your word, Lord, I pray that there will just be an excitement about Christmas. And that excitement won't stem from, from things of this world, these temporary things. It will be uh, stemmed from the fact that you are coming. You're coming again. And also to celebrate that you have come as a Savior to take our place to take our place so that we don't have to uh, go under um, death. Thank you for your saving grace. Thank you for uh, your love for us. And as we go from here, we will remember you not just because of what, um, not just because of, of, what is important in our lives. We won't remember that just because of our selfishness, but we'll remember you because you are a true and almighty God. So we give you this day, we give you this week, and we give you this month to you as we prepare for Christmas and the Advent uh, weeks to come. Pray all these things to your name. Amen.